Today in the garage, we have Alham Jamshidi. Alham is an experienced litigation lawyer with an expertise in criminal law. She has appeared in hundreds of matters as an advocate, including numerous reported cases. She's represented clients accused of murder, sexual assault, robbery, guns, fraud, and drug offenses. In every case, Alham believes in a well-prepared and aggressive defense of the rights of an accused person. Today, we discussed Alham's practice when working to build a relationship with her client. Whether you're driving your red 360, shredding your washburn, or prepping for another show cause, let's step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. Hi, Alan. Thank you for joining us in the garage. I really appreciate you participating in our podcast series. Well, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here, Paul. One of the things that I am aware of your reputation and the strength that you bring uh, to the courts on behalf of your clients, which is that fierce defense, is that there's got to be a secret to it. And as I understand from talking to you, it, it's, it's the building of the relationship with the client. A person gets charged, doesn't matter what the offense is, and they come knocking at the door. How do you help build that relationship with the client so you can take them to that goal line, hopeful acquittal, but at least the best defense that anyone can have? So um, my policy with every client that I first meet is uh, I'll bring the client to my office and I have a meeting with them. And a lot of times the clients think that they're interviewing me, but in fact, it's the actual, the opposite. I'm interviewing them. And um, I try to see if our personalities jive together. I try to see if our energies are on the same level as one another, if there's trust between one, you know, with each other. And if, uh, if I like the person, not because of what they're charged with, but if I just like them as a human being, um, because I know as a criminal lawyer that my function as their lawyer is gonna be for the next few years. And so we have to have a good, strong relationship for the next few years so I can do my job effectively. It's a long road to travel from the time that they're arrested, uh, through their bail hearing, through obtaining disclosure, reviewing with them, the disclosure, uh, entering on investigations to help them, getting information from them, and then the preliminary inquiry and the potential trial. It's a long road. It is a long road. Uh, young lawyers have to understand, of course, we'll, we'll, everyone deserves a defense and we're prepared to defend anyone. We don't judge our clients, but it's building that relationship. And, and, and I may be able to connect with one person in a certain way that no other lawyer can, and I'm going to be able to excel. But if there's another lawyer who can meet with them and, and excel with them, then they're also going to be served well. So I, I know that you have uh, been involved in many serious cases. Tell us how you, you meet with them, questions you ask in the interview, what you're trying to get from them, and, and what really is the means uh, to build that trust over that long road. So a lot of my, uh, my clients is, is really, I would say 90% of it is referral based. So it's another client that's referred somebody uh, to my office. Um, but even before 
uh, I accept them or agree to take on their file. I ask them to come into my office. I ask to have a meeting with them and we sit down and we just have just a discussion of, you know, a little bit about their background, um, not even so much with respect to what they're charged with, because that's not so much my concern. Because again, I will represent anybody. Um, I don't discriminate. I'm a criminal lawyer. My job is to represent people that are charged with criminal offenses. So I, I don't say, oh, I, I don't do sexual assault cases or I won't do drug cases. No, I'm a criminal lawyer. I'll represent anyone charged with any kind of crime. My thing is it has the person that I'm agreeing to be their lawyer, to have a relationship with is someone that I have to get along with and is someone that I have to be able to trust. So if I'm asking my client, hey, tell me, um, you know, were you there that night? For example, don't lie to me. I need you to be 100% honest with me. I'm asking you that question for a reason. And if I feel like the client is lying to me, that tells me that there is no trust. And if there's no trust, I, I cannot do my job 100%. And, and, and it, it, me as a lawyer, if I'm your lawyer, I'm going to give it 150%. I'm going to do the best that I can. It's so important to have the confidence of your client and yeah. uh, we're able to do our jobs better. I know that uh, many times I tell clients, imagine, you know, Cooper's the guy in the old Western movie and there's going to be a shootout and I'm going ahead and I'm going to be the individual standing up on and about to take 10 paces, turn around and shoot. But my gun's got to be loaded. Yes. And the bullets are the truth and the blank bullshit. Yeah. And no, I, if I go down, you go down. So help me with the truth. And, and it, it's so true what you say, because when you build that relationship, the fears that they have because they've been charged or the inability to come to themselves with the truth because of the fears they have, you break that down and you build the trust and you're able to defend them. No, absolutely. You know, I, um, I think the best way that I view myself is um, I'm the shield for my client. And I, I'm their shield of protection. I'm their shield of armor. And so I want to protect them and defend them to the best of my ability. And so if I don't like them as a human being, how can I advocate on their behalf? to get them the best results, I, you know? And so really, if your lawyer doesn't like you, how are you gonna have your lawyer convince the judge to like you or the jury to like you? And so, um, and that's why for me, I think it's very important that you have to get along with your client and build that relationship with your client and like your client. Now, building the relationship with your client uh, involves so many varying discussions over a long period of time. What's the way that you can break down the walls so that they will talk to you? Uh, I'm 100%, you know, <laughs> I think one of my um, downfalls, but also my biggest um, assets is that I don't have fluff. I'm very blunt. I'm very forward. I don't sugarcoat things. I'm very to the point. Um, I bring them in and I sit them down and I explain to them, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is you will be my client on these terms um, and it's my rules. And if you want to deviate from anywhere, if you, you know, 
then I can't be a lawyer. There's lots of great lawyers in Toronto, go and find another lawyer. But if, if we're going to have this relationship, it will be based upon my rules and how things will be run because I run a very tight ship. I run it a very particular way and I run it to give my client the most effective defense possible. I'm sure that in your career, you've met some very interesting people. I know that everybody has their own story, their own history. And somewhere in our system, that generally gets lost. How do you bring that out? It really depends on um, what the client is charged with as to how their story is going to come out. So, but I will say this, um, as I'm interviewing my clients, and once I agree to be their lawyer, I do ask about their, per their childhood, their family life, their personal life, because I do want to know, I want to get to know them, I want to try to understand them. So that way, when I'm presenting it to the court, so the court can humanize them and understand who they are, because there's certainly much more than what you know, the indictment says, you know, what the charges are or what the police uh, version of events are. They're much more than that. I mean, they're, they're human beings. And like you said, every person has their own personal story and every person's story is an important story that ought to be heard. And, and I know um, you have your own, your own unique story. Can I ask you to share some of that with us? So, uh, well, my story starts with, uh, I was born in Iran and uh, my parents were extremely wealthy, but it was when the monarch was still in existence. When the revolution happened, it turned into a dictatorship. And so because of our religion, uh, my father was uh, wrongfully in prison. And so the day that he was released from jail, my mother, my father, and my, my two older brothers, uh, we fled our homeland, you know, with dishes in the sink. And, you know, I remember paying these mountain people to have us, uh, you know, uh, travel through the mountains to get to Pakistan. And we lived in Pakistan for a year, didn't know anyone, didn't speak the language, um, you know, lived in a one bedroom little flat, waiting to get our refugee status in Canada. And then we finally got our refugee status in Canada where uh, my parents each worked two jobs, were extremely poor, but um, with those experiences, you know, we, we learned so much, so many life lessons that I think I carry with me till this day. And I'm sure with the life lessons comes great wisdom. Um, and, uh, and I know that you use that wisdom when you help your clients. Everyone deserves a second chance. People make mistakes. As we started off this podcast was that, look, everyone does have a story. Um, and try to be the best authentic person that you can be. Um, and so having a reputation is one thing, but having a character is something completely different. And um, you want people to be attracted to the character, which is the person that you are. Um, reputation is who people think you are, um, but character is in fact the person that you are and you wanna be a person of good character. So the authentic self that you are, you bring to uh, 
Um, I'm sure that not only the building of trust with the client, but also promoting the client in the courtroom. And yeah. so how do you advocate for your clients? I really, really believe in my client and I really believe in their story. And um, I think that with that, that really belief in them, uh, I'm able to present and tell a story and to show my client through my lens of the good person that they are or tell their story through my lens and advocate through my lens. Uh, you know, as lawyers, we are storytellers and, um, you know, you want to be able to present and, and tell the story in a, in a meaningful way, in a way where it's, it's believable, in a way where it has passion and compassion. Um, because you want your client to be heard and you are your client's voice. So you said compassion, just picking up on that whole concept of compassion and understanding your client. There are days where I can imagine and I've seen firsthand how difficult it is for clients to just get through the day because they're overwhelmed by the process and, and, and everything that they're facing. Although you know people are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, Clients are not made to feel that way by our system. I have so many cases where um, lawyers think I'm absolutely crazy for, you know, uh, for running this defense, for believing in this defense, for believing in this particular story, but I believe in it. And I look for cases that will help, uh, you know, make make my argument uh, compelling and, um, and I've won them and I come back to the office and my colleagues are in absolute shock. You know, they're like, how is that possible? And I say, look, you know, you have to believe in your, in your client. You have to believe in your argument. You have to believe in your story. And just because the law is, says one thing, we're lawyers. Our job is to be creative in our presentation, to present in a manner that, to think outside the box. That's our function, you know? Um, that's how we progress in society. That's how we progress, you know, uh, in, uh, in law. And um, so I've had a lot of cases where lawyers have thought that my arguments have been absolutely nuts. Uh, and I'm crazy to even even present it. And I come back with acquittals. Um, again, I can't guarantee a win, but um, I can put my best foot forward and do the best that I can. And, and again, believing in my story, my client's story. So believing in your client's story is so important. Yes. People don't realize, and I think we live it every day, that truth is stranger than fiction. Yes. And the absurdity of something should not be ignored. We're no fools, we're no dupes, right. but if you build that relationship with your client and you hear from them what they have to say, that's what you run with. Oh, uh, absolutely, you know, and so I did this, uh, a recent thing on my social media where, you know, I talk about my favorite criminal lawyer movies. And it's not so much of like the movies as it is 
you know, a lot of people don't understand what criminal lawyers do and they don't, they just think, well, if the evidence, if there's fingerprints and there's DNA and, you know, there's video footage, then, you know, you're guilty. And sometimes just because that's what it is, there's something bigger to the story. Um, you know, think outside the box. And I think there's two movies that I think really say the importance of a criminal lawyer and why, why we play an important role in the criminal justice system. One is Gone Girl. I don't know if you've seen that movie Gone Girl where the woman uh, fakes her own death to have her husband charged with, first, with, you know, with her homicide. Um, and all the evidence is so compelling for this husband that you know, like he must be guilty. Like look at this overwhelming evidence. And the second one is Jack Reacher. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with Tom Cruise. Again, a very compelling uh, movie that if you believe and accept the state's evidence of the fingerprints and the video and, you know, then, then he must be guilty. But it takes someone taking a stance back, looking outside of the box, thinking outside of the box and saying, hey, you know what, just because it shows this, maybe there's other perspectives to it. Maybe there's another story to it. And that's where we come in. We challenge the state's evidence because there have been people that have been wrongfully convicted when they are, you know, when they are innocent. And it's our job is to make sure that people are not wrongfully convicted, that they have a fair trial. Somewhere recently, uh, in, in recent times, that has been lost, I think, amongst most of our population is the fact that uh, there was a principle. It is better to let 10 guilty individuals go free than to convict one innocent person. Well, absolutely. No, no, I, you know, it's, um, look, I don't think any criminal lawyer thinks that crime is good or that any criminal lawyer thinks that people should be out there committing crimes and, and not, you know, um, dealing with the consequences. But I think that as criminal lawyers, we do play a very essential role and function. And that is to, uh, say, hey, government, you want to put my client in jail, you have to meet a certain threshold and you better meet that test. And I'm going to challenge you every step of the way to make sure that my client is treated, fa you know, treated fairly and that the evidence withstands, you know, what you, what you want it to stand for. It's the relationship that's so important. And um, it's those hard conversations you have to have. Oh, I Absolutely. You know, like I said, I, I feel like when I agree to be someone's lawyer, um, you know, they're trusting me with their life. And so I take that as, uh, as an honor. I take that as, uh, you know, I am absolutely committed. Uh, I'm obligated to do the best that I can because they are trusting me with their life. I mean, I'm the key to their freedom. You've described uh, the difference between reputation and character. I actually think that you have both. And I think that they align. And I think proof of that is your large social media following. How does this large social media following influence your practice? Well, you know, uh, 
So I do have, uh, uh, I love social media and I love it not as a lawyer. I love it because um, I have a passion for theater, for acting. Uh, when I was younger, I, you know, I used to, I went to Etobicoke School of the Arts for, I was a drama major. I did some modeling on the side when I was younger. And so I'm a lawyer, yes, but uh, that's only one component of who I am. You know, I love theater, I love fashion. Um, I love to, uh, you know, inspire um, other, you know, individuals, whether it be, you know, students or people that are trying to be entrepreneurs. And so my social media platform doesn't so much promote me being a lawyer as it does promoting fashion, um, motivating people to kind of live an authentic life and to, you know, achieve their dreams, to work hard and to not be, uh, to not be afraid to, to go for it. Um, and so a lot of my social media really encourages people to live an authentic life. And it sounds like that's what you try to build with your clients and you pull out of them what their authentic life actually is, and then share it with that audience on that stage called the jury trial. That's right. No, I, I, absolutely. You know, it's, it's um, you know, and I, and I will say some people love my social media. Some people think it's inappropriate because I'm a lawyer, um, you know, and, and what I try to explain to people is, look, Yes, I'm a lawyer. I love being a lawyer. I, I think my purpose in life was to be a lawyer. But that's one component of who I am. I'm so much more than just a lawyer. You know, I, I bring so much more to the table. Uh, I have so much more wisdom to share with people. And um, I hope that I'm a trailblazer. I hope that I can encourage um, younger lawyers or, or law students or students out there to, that look, it doesn't matter what people think of you. You follow your dreams, you be a good human being and you just go for it. You know, um, everyone's gonna have an opinion. It doesn't matter, it's just outside noise. You focus on you and you achieve what you need to achieve. And not everyone's gonna believe in, 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 in your dreams, not everyone's gonna believe in your ideas, um, but it doesn't matter as long as you believe in them. I know that you bring a strong personality to the profession. And I know you promote people to bring out their strength in their own personality. I know you shared with me a story before, and I'm going to ask you to share with the audience about one of your favorite clients um, and, and, and how it is a great example of the impact that we have in assisting people? Okay, so, um, you know, this story is uh, such an emotional story for me. Um, it's emotional, not only for what it really stands for, but I was a baby lawyer. I think I was a lawyer for maybe one year. And uh, at that time, you know, I was trying to learn and get as much experience and exposure as possible. So I was really taking on, you know, any case and all the cases and trying to, you know, sit with senior lawyers and learn how to do jury trials and learn how to do, you know, um, big cases. And so I had this one client um, who was 
uh, of Somalian descent. And um, he was uh, a refugee. He had left all his family uh, back home and was here. Um, and he barely spoke any English. Um, and he had some mental health issues and he, he was a homeless man. Um, and so as soon as November would come, he would do something really stupid to, to get arrested so he could go to jail. So for example, you know, uh, one year he'd spit, you know, on a, on a civilian walking down the street, police would arrest him for assault. He'd get thrown in jail because he wasn't a Canadian citizen and he didn't have anyone to sign his bail and he didn't have a place to live because he was on the streets. So they would hold him in custody and he would say, miss, let me sit in custody. Let me have a warm place to live. You know, the jail will be somewhere warm. They will feed me. They'll give me a roof over the head. And then when spring comes, you know, I'll get out. So he was, he was, I mean, he, he was smart. And so this went on for, you know, for a few years. And, you know, we, I would only hear from him when he'd get arrested. And again, his English was very broken. He didn't speak, you know, very good English. Um, and I never knew the impact that I had on him. So um, one day I get a phone call from the hospital. And um, I think it was a nurse that was calling me. And, you know, she says, hi, Ms. Jamshidi. Uh, you know, are you, are you Ellen Jamshidi? And I said, yeah, you know, speaking. And she says, you know, I just want to let you know that um, Mr. So-and-so has passed away. And I said, oh, I'm like, oh, you know, why are you calling me? And she says, you know, he had put your name as his next to kin to notify if something happens to him. And I remember being on the phone and the tears and I didn't realize the impact that I had on this person that I would speak to maybe two, three times a year. And it would only be, you know, when he'd want to go into jail because he didn't want to be on the streets in the cold. And our interaction was very minimal. Um, but holy cow. You cared. I mean, I cared, but I didn't realize really the degree of, uh, of impact that I had on him. When we build relationships with a client, we get the truth. When we get the truth, we get the tools to help them. When we have the tools to help them, we can help make an impact on their life and bring out the authentic them. You've described for us today how that all is put together. I beg upon anyone listening. That's the goal that we're striving to do or to achieve as criminal lawyers. Sometimes, you know, they talk about ethicists pushing that rock up the hill. Sometimes it's difficult and sometimes we don't get it far. But if we can help one person, maybe one, throughout our career, we've done well. Yes. You've done well. Thank you, Paul. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm so honored. You know, I really am so honored to be here. And um, I just, I want to say thank you. I mean, you're doing an amazing job with this podcast and really inspiring. Ms. Jamshidi, I, I just want to thank you for sharing your time, your knowledge, and the sage wisdom that I know that your parents have shared with you and you share with the community. If somebody's looking to get in contact with you, if it's a, 
young lawyer or if it's a person that wants to be inspired to be a great advocate like you, where do they find you? So let me start off with my office number, which is uh, 416-533-3363. But uh, my social media is uh, lawyer.in.heels, so lawyer in heels. That's on Instagram and uh, TikTok. And that's where you can find a lot of my, uh, you know, fun, inspirational uh, posts about fashion and just living an authentic life. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. A shout out to our fantastic producers, Xenia Sethna and Jason Cooper. For more free legal education and to check out what we've been doing for the past 10 years, go to thelawgarage.com. That is thelawgarage.com.